Chapter Seven of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Angelique G. Campbell, January two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts. Vote for Dolphin. The truth is, said Grandpapa, that I have got to know some of the shop people here not the stuck-up cads who live in the big houses by night and sneak up to london to sell boots and a beer and underclothing by day not the purse-proud rubbish that sticks esquire after its name without any right but genuine people who live over their shops in chislehurst and sell boots and beer and underclothing openly and don't mind admitting it mr lomax our butcher is proposing me and rogers the landlord of the eight bells inn has seconded my nomination i'm going to write an address to the electors and leave no stone unturned to get in is it worth while my dearest i ventured to ask of course it's worth while he answered testily you're always nagging at me in a quiet way to use my precious time and when i undertake a big enterprise like this you throw cold water on it and another thing it's rather doubtful taste your questioning my actions at all i look sixty and i feel sixty but i am a hundred and four and your grandfather don't let appearances make you forget that roger says i'm safe to get in then i shall wake this place up a bit and say a thing or two that wants saying he had mr rogers and his wife and daughter in to dine socially they are nothing my grandpapa admitted but when you're running for a public appointment you must be all things to all men and not disdain to make use of mere canal mr rogers was a very vulgar plain-spoken man and his wife had called his manner their daughter i liked less than them she allowed herself to worry too much over her parents ignorance she corrected their grammar openly shivered ostentatiously when they dropped an h or inserted the aspirate unexpectedly told them plainly where to use a fork when habit and inclination led them to employ a knife and so forth after the meal we went to the drawing-room and when her mother had gone to sleep in a corner miss rogers told me that her parents were a source of great sorrow to her they had given her an education of exceptional thoroughness and gentility which was weak of them because it enabled her to see their shortcomings but had not made her a lady or anything like one she was called marie christened mary no doubt and she was engaged to a life insurance agent in a fair way of business so he said this young man one mr walter widdicombe and his prospective father-in-law the innkeeper worked very hard on grandpapa's behalf mr widdicombe understood canvassing and he gladly accepted a sovereign a day for his expenses and went about beating up boaters and making people promise to pull for daniel dolphin grandpapa's election motto was advance and he wrote a manifesto in the local paper it was full of suggested reforms and plain speaking and hard-hitting 
and made the old man a great many enemies if grandfather had been a peaceful unassertive person he might have slunk through those terrible years of his existence without attracting undue attention if he had even been a moral and fairly religious man his position and mine would have presented less frightful complications but he began to grow more boisterous and unprincipled as his vital energy returned his disposition had always been at once cantankerous and pushing and now the circumstance of his prospects only embittered and accentuated the worst traits in his character he was reckless unbound by any ordinary guiding and controlling views of this life or the next simply determined to make the running go it up to the knocker and so on the expressions of course are his own i was ignorant of their exact meaning until he practically illustrated them grandpapa got in by twenty votes after a great struggle he gave a dinner to men only at the eight bells they had a large public room there used for important occasions and ladies were allowed to sit in a little gallery which ran round it and listen to the speeches and watch their heroes dine the same thing is done on a bigger scale by more important people i sat by miss rogers who nearly fell out of the gallery on to the table below when her papa began to eat peas with a knife she suffered also during his speech which was faulty in manner though i thought the matter excellent he praised grandpapa's good qualities noted his fiery manly spirit hinted that in approaching old institutions the reformer must begin with caution and the thin end of the wedge but grandpapa showed by the tone of certain remarks in which he responded to the toast of his health that caution was not going to be his watchword by any means he was flushed with success and looked hardly a day more than fifty he alluded to the bright-eyed angels hovering above him in the gallery and hinted at garden parties in our back garden and made me extremely uncomfortable by ordering a dozen of champagne to be sent up to us i left him smoking cigars and getting very noisy and excited he came home at half-past one o'clock between mr rogers and mr lomax our butcher i need not dwell upon his condition i saw everything in the moonlight through my venetian blind one of his supporters found grandfather's latch-key and opened the door with it then both dragged him up to his room and went home shutting the front door behind them grandpapa was very poorly indeed during the night but refused my aid i offered to fetch a medical man but he told me to let him alone and go and bury myself of course i could not disguise the truth grandpapa had taken too much to drink the thought went through me like a knife indeed i cried all night and when i rose my pillow was still wet with tears in the morning he was looking ten years older and for a short time i thought and hoped the new scheme had broken down but after a glass of brandy and soda water he brightened up and his headache went off 
he declared that he had enjoyed himself extremely spent a royal night and felt all the better for it i find that i don't care a straw for wine yet but the old taste for spirits has come back we must get in a few gallons at once and cigars too i'm taking to cigars again he was rather sulky when i did up his accounts but he considered it money well spent then he put on his hat and went out to see the boys he came back in a terrible rage and accused three new expletives and hinted at murder it appeared that his defeated rivals on the local board had lodged a protest against him for bribery and corruption grandpapa went nearly mad with rage he knocked a man down in the open street and was summoned and appeared at a police court and had to be bound over to keep the peace finally he lost his seat on the local board the case going against him and as he dashed into the kitchen when i was showing the cook how to make something he absolutely foamed at the mouth he threatened to buy dynamite to blow chislehurst to the skies to destroy his political opponents with poison then he talked seriously of ending his own existence from which step i dissuaded him feeling at the same time that he could hardly make worse arrangements for his future than he had already done after dinner on that day he said he should give up trying to do good and he kept his word he took to living at the eight bells and to writing insulting letters to the local papers one of these cost him a hundred pounds in a libel action then and i was not sorry for it he found some brown hair on his head this threatened to spread and attract attention so i considered that the time had come for us to make another move and begin life upon a new plan with altered relationships End chapter seven